check, check. One, two, check. Mic's on. From the world of education to you, my name is Dr. A. Our show is all about finding your voice by connecting our community through collaboration. All right, welcome back to another edition of Mike's On. This is episode 23. It's actually June, let's see, it's the, what is it, the 12th? It's June 12th, and uh, so we're, we're recording about a week earlier than, than we normally would, but um, I've reached back into uh, the Forever Stallion archives, and, and an old friend, Dr. Boger, is with us. Hello, Lauren, how are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. So, uh... How's everything? How's the family doing? We're good. I think if you um, if you didn't know, I've got three kiddos, um, Charlie, Kate, and Augie. And if you've ever met me, I'm not really a short person. And um, two of the three are taller than me. So, oh my. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I kind of can't believe I have two high schoolers. And you, you know, know- that- I mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you know, Augie's probably going to be taller than everybody, right? Yeah, he's the, he's the youngest <laughs> of thirteen grandkids, so we're thinking he is going to be the tallest. Well, uh, the the kids are doing well, though. Yeah, you know, Charlie uh, got his permit, so oh, he's boy. on the on the roads. <laughs> um, Kate is actually training for cross country, so she's interested in cross country Excellent. at the high school next year, and. Augie is um, all in every day. He's my Mr. Active, and, um, you know, he is really motivated with soccer. And all three are still playing soccer, so that's been tough here lately, um, not being out on the pitch, right? With oh, them. I know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all things considered, I, I'm really proud of them, and um, they did well with virtual learning, and, um, you know, they didn't love it, but they did well with it. And, uh, you know, Augie really just liked the freedom. I mean, he's all explore, play, outside. So that was right up his alley every day. Well, uh, you know, for those of us that might not realize it, um, I want you to kind of go through your your educational background, how you got to where you are today. You are now the principal over at Sparing Middle School, but let's work our way up to that. How'd you get into how'd you get into education? So it's it's a good story, I think. Um, You know, I I was an athlete growing up, and I went uh, to Quincy University and played basketball and soccer there. And I was actually a public relations communications major with with Spanish. Um, And so I didn't start in education. And right out of college, I worked for the parent company um, called TMP, which if you remember back in the day, like Super Bowl ads, that was uh, Monster.com. I don't know if you remember those. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so that was here in St. Louis. And then, um, you know, I grew up in a family of educators sister elementary school, uh, mom, middle school art teacher for 30 years. And my dad was actually a principal. So I had kind of grown up in that and thought, well, you know, I'm going to explore some other, other things. I had heard a lot of the stories growing up, but, um, found myself to be kind of the teacher in the office and loved doing the professional learning and, and development in the office. So went back to Webster university, um, and got my master's there and then also lived abroad in Spain. For a while, I went to the SLU campus in Madrid and then um, started my career in the Parkway School District at Parkway North High School. 
um, then had kiddos, and then there was an opportunity in the Webster Grove School District closer to home as well, and so taught there, and then made my way to Selvage yeah, yeah. Uh, as, an, as an assistant principal for five years, and then now I'm going into my third year at Sparing Middle School in Lombard. Yeah, it's crazy to think it's already, you're already getting into your third year. Like, where's yeah. the time going, right? I know, I know. <laughs> it, it, it does go fast. It's going faster than I feel like it did at the beginning of, of our career. And that may be having to do with, you know, having three kiddos yes. and just a, a busy schedule. Yes. But it's it's been a great ride. So, um, so when you first started out, it, education wasn't necessarily that first thought. It wasn't something that you thought you were going to get into being a teacher. Right. It, you know, I really, you know, I did a lot. I remember in high school doing a lot of the kind of career connections work, whether it was with the counselor or in some of your courses or taking surveys. And I always really landed um, in sort of those, the humanities aspect of things. Um, so I we, we got a day in high school. I remember we could go do like a internship day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was lucky. I feel like I've got, you know, I got the best internship day, but I got to, uh, shadow in the PR department for the St. Louis Cardinals. Very cool. Um, so yeah, so I fell in love there, but you know, and then I loved the people aspect when I, when I did, you know, come right out of college and loved working with the people, but I, you know, I kind of reflected back and I missed that humanities uh, approach i think i always found that with the fact that i had might might have had a client that that was their livelihood or their right, business right. so i was really really into it in their story um uh, but there there was definitely uh, a draw to to education so um you know i feel like even in the principal role there is um on a daily basis a humanity side of course um i have a passion for powerful instruction and then i do like telling our story every day of like, you know, the accomplishments of kids and, you know, working with the teachers and just, you know, celebrating success. So there's a lot of, I mean, I hope you agree. There's a lot of communication oh, absolutely. In, in this job. So, um, I feel like it's a great fit. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that I was always, uh, admired about you was, uh, the fact that you have two languages in your, in your toolbox. So, so what, where along the way did were you like, man, I really enjoy being able to to know this language. I mean, did you start in middle school with Spanish and then just keep going? Yeah, we did. Um, it, it, you know, the setup of the courses wasn't exactly the same as maybe how it mm-hmm. is in Rockwood right, or, or right. even in Lindbergh. Um, you know, it was more of just like an exploratory kind of kind of thing. But I, I really always um, found a passion for the teachers of modern languages. I felt like. Um, they were always creative, I, thinking outside of the box, you know, pushing us. And in high school, really, uh, you know, kind of fell in love with my Spanish teacher's, like, approach in high school. Um, her name was Mrs. Weber. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, she, you know, I went to Oakville High School. and mm-hmm. Go um, Tigers. Yeah, go Tigers. <laughs> and um, her classroom was actually, like, out in a, in a trailer at the time, um, and I, well, we kind of thought that was cool, just having our own space and walking outside. But right. she, she was very project based too, and very relational, you know. And right. um, yeah, I just kind of fell in love with the the aspect of being able to communicate with someone 
differently, you know, someday, some, someone out of Oakville, perhaps, right, right. outside of our world. And um, living in Spain was probably one of the, the coolest moments of, our, of my life, just meeting people from around the world. So, it was, again, it was like that humanities um, component that, you know, I just fell in love with. Yeah, so anybody that knows Dr. B knows that you don't sit still for very long. If at all, right? This, yeah, this is true. So, um, so now, as you have rolled into being a principal, um, what about the position really speaks to you? I mean, you've talked a little bit about it, but but how do you keep yourself? Um, I mean, because you don't sit still. So, so what is it about how you work that um, uh, lends itself to the position of being a principal? I mean, you you are. Uh, one who will not sit still. You're constantly learning because I'm learning from you, um, even if it's far away now, um, and just seeing the things that you're doing social media-wise or, or the things that may be... Because, like, you you are big at, at, like, grant writing. Like, you've done a, a little bit of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's... You know, I think the not sitting still part probably comes back from... Um, you know, growing up with a family of educators who mm-hmm. also didn't, you know, sit still and kind of growing up in a school, you never really, I want to start there because I've really thought about that with, you know, schools being closed recently. Right, right. I mean, Mike, I've actually like thought when I go to school, like I'm going home, like this is another home, whether it's right. whatever building I've ever worked in. I'm like, this is a community. I'm going to, to my little, my town, right? right like right. there's everything I need in this building to take care of me and to take care of others. But I think, um, really, I think what drives me to not sit still is the people that we work with and establishing those lines of communication, um, and, and really trying to listen, um, and then causing a greater impact or, creating a better way to do something is is a great motivator i mean you know i mentioned i was was a basketball player and i eventually when i was at slu for my doctorate there was this little book called teamwork really really thin little read um by larson and lafasto and it 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 goes through and there's like a survey in there that you can um kind of analyze who you are in an analogy to sports. Like if you were an athlete, which one of these sports are you as related to your leadership? Mm -hmm. And it made, of course I was basketball, right? Right. But it was just that like quick thinking, I have to have the team kind of around me. I'm not a a tennis kind of analogy. Um, And just like taking a time out, drawing up a new play, like, let's go run the play. So that pace, I think, is something I know about myself. It can be great, and sometimes it can be a challenge, right? When yeah, you right. Move. Um, but the, the thing that I think about, you know, uh, not sitting still, too, is just, you know, every season, every year is different. Your team right. is different. The leadership is different. Um, your uniforms, right? Like, your T-shirt right, right, is right, different right. every year. But I think that has always you know resonated with me as just like how do we get better every year you know this isn't this isn't high school where we're playing varsity for four years like this is a 30 year season (laughs) so uh or beyond right so yeah I think the the sports piece has definitely been um a positive for me but also keeping in mind like you know where are we winning you know like 
or, or what are we trying to win? You know, what, what are we trying to do? But you did ask about grant writing yeah. too, yeah. or things like that. And I'm, I will even honestly say like, I'm not an expert at them. I think I like finding them, you know, right. like I like, I, I do like research. I like reading um, to try to find an opportunity and then trying to bring it back to the team and say, hey, what, what can we do with this? Yeah. Well, and um, you've been really good about sharing those kind of things with me, and I really appreciate it. But one thing that you are well-read, is there something um, that you're reading right now that's really speaking to you? Or what, what would be maybe the author or the title that, that really you hold back, hold on to throughout the time in which you've become an edu- educator? Like what, what kind of things do you really, you know, what, what, well, that's, what, what that's, a, you that's a big one. I mean, I know, right? I, I, that's a big one. I, I think in terms of overall systems of our work, I, I really do um, think of, uh, authors, the authors are Bowman and Deal, okay. and it's it's a book that talks about organize like how like organizational change mm-hmm. and systems, or how do you tackle a problem? And when you sit down with this book, it, it kind of walks you through how to look at uh, a situation in terms of an organization and in terms of like different realms of a problem, like whether it's a symbolic problem, whether it's an HR problem, whether it's a systems kind of problem. So it really helps you frame um, how to bring in all the right people, um, how to unpack a situation when you're charged to um, work on something. So that that's a big one for me, just that like systems piece. Um, and then, you know, in terms of, like, reading, um, you know, I will work with our ELA teachers to see what the kids are currently reading. Um, I do find myself drawn to to the middle school books that they are in the kids' hands. Um, but even more than that, I think on a daily basis of being well-read or, you know, current is, you know, just getting on Twitter and you'll see, you know, getting, getting out there, connecting with others across the country and the world really, um, on Twitter to see what's going on. And then, you know, engaging with others in conversation, again, that humanities piece. And then what are they reading? What are others reading? What have they read to create something different? So, um, so yeah, those are some things that I like to read. But then the Bowman and Deal book—it's um, a thick book, by yeah, the way—but yeah. um, it really, like, if you if you go through it, it really does kind of help you not just see a situation from one lens. Yeah. So uh, talk about um, kind of the way you organize your day. You know, you've talked about having three kids and being a principal. Your kids are in the same district as you, which is something that. You and I talked about before you you moved over to Lindbergh. Mm-hmm. You know that's a that's a whole other thing. We might get into that in just a minute. But uh, you know how do you how do you organize your time so that you're actually finding those moments to to read? When do you like to do your reading? Um, well, summer reading is probably different than right during the year reading. Uh, you know, we and when, as a side note about me is we live in about a hundred year old home. Right. So kind of to give you a picture of where I do some of the reading. So um, rehabbing the home has been something that, you know, brings our family together in in many, many ways. But one of the rooms that we have is kind of like a Four Seasons room off off the side of the house. And it is kind of surrounded by trees and 
I've got a bird feeder, like, (laughs) that, uh, you know, the Cardinals come to, so it's kind of like my chill spot, and I am a coffee drinker, so I'll get my cup of coffee in the morning, and, you know, the kids are getting older, so, like, they're still asleep right now. Right, right. Um, (laughs) Best time to do some reading. (laughs) I'm telling you, and so, and then I got my two labs right there, so I'll usually grab you know, if I if I'm reading a, a book or one of the the like novels that I was talking about, I'll grab that. But I will, you know, I do. I have my phone, as many yeah. of us do. Yeah. So I'll kind of grab that, and then I subscribe to some, you know, daily emails that'll give you kind of a a rundown or a breakdown of current events. Um, and I try to be well versed in those and those right. media right. outlets because uh, that was a part of my, you know, background right. too. Is like right. really looking at media from that lens and and making sure that you're you know balanced in what you're reading yeah so so um you you spoke a little bit about the social media you and i have both been able to um sit in on the say something speaker series uh that dr harris and rockwood has kind of put together I had to watch it after the fact. We were actually having interviews for Mrs. Riley, who has retired. So, oh. we, so I know, right? So Marie, after 31 years, is retiring from Selvage. Um, so a shout out to Mrs. Riley. But uh, so, so we weren't able to. I wasn't able to be in there live, but I got to watch it yesterday. Um, and you and I talked just a little bit about it, but. Um, you know, what did you, first of all, let me ask you, what did you think of the formatting and the way in which it was put together? I thought it was extremely professional. Right. hundred percent. Um, you know, again, back to that, like what keeps me moving and why not sitting still. I mean, to be a part of something that there was like what, 600 people. Right. And you know, it was around the country for sure. Right. Um, was just, it was incredible. Right. Um, I thought just from a technology standpoint, like it was really well done. Right. Like, you know, if you're doing something like that and your audience is 600 people, they were like, they act like they do that every day. Right. You know? so, right. Well, I just thought um, it was really cool how, you know, you could pull your audience during that time and you could see, and then you could ask a question, then you could see the, the responses. Um, and then just, it seemed very fluid. You know, it felt like, you know, I was in a class and and, um, we were learning right along with everybody else. So I really appreciated the way it was done um, because it felt seamless, you know. Um, But but talk talk for just a second, too, because uh, you knew the speaker. I mean, you've gotten to know um, him fairly well, right? Yeah, I mean, um, Howard was in our um, cohort, our, our leadership mm-hmm. academy. So the, the state of Missouri has a leadership academy um, that is every year. And it, I went through it while I was at Salvage. And again, that was one of those, Mike, I guess you're like, you don't sit still. I know, um, I know. <laughs> but I really wanted to, you know, even in Rockwood, even though we you know, had – tons of support and a big system and many, many administrators, I always am looking to kind of see what others are doing and around the area, region, country. Uh, So that was a wonderful opportunity. And to get to know Howard, um, that, you know, we went on a, you know, it's called OLE, Mm -hmm. Outdoor Leadership Experience. And it was down in Potosi and we had to do a lot of team building kind of things. So it was just a really, um, awesome way to meet and connect with others and it was neat to see uh as as others in that group see people 
um, lead from different places and, you know, watch their journeys and their careers as well. Right. So, um, you know, and the speaker series is really about um, helping us understand how to um, work through race relations, systemic race, um, um, how in, there are inequities in our schools. I mean, these are things that we have been talking about for years as educators, but it feels like we are really starting to get a focused lens on it finally, um, one that, that maybe the national spotlight can, can start to grab a hold of. Um, as you look towards the future, whether it is, um, I don't even want to, well, I mean, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? So we know what's happened with our schools. One of the things that I talked about you before, um, uh, was the fact that I really appreciated the idea that your school actually has a, a button that, that, uh, talks about schools reopening in the fall and what that might look like. You guys have a task force um, that you are a part of, which I think is really cool. But as an individual, Lauren, I want to know, what do you think, what would you like to see um, you know, happen as we move forward with this? Because um, given all things considered, you know, we just talked about, the one thing that I, I, I do believe is because of the pandemic, now we, we do start to see that everything is so connected, Right. When it when it comes to being able to uh, educate our youth, you know that that do they do they have equal access to to the curriculum? Are they able to get to school in a, in a way that's safe and and all that stuff? So as you think about the world of education, you and I both know that things will never be like they were. You know, that things are going to change, right? We've already seen that. So as we look to the future. As you, I mean, it's a big question, and it's one that I know um, I don't expect you to have a perfect answer on, but I like to pick your brain a little bit about what what would you like to see happen as we move forward with all this stuff? Sure, and I think you're absolutely right that, you know, having, you know, a, a systems mindset, when you see and you know that others see the interconnectedness between our systems, it's powerful, right? Um, you know, Mike, when I, I remember interviewing for for Selvage and a couple things stand out from that experience. One, I remember like towards the end of the interview process working with uh, or interviewing with Jim Whipke. Like right. he was a, one of those rounds that we did. Right. And he was like, tell me about what you're doing at SLU. Um, and so at the time when I interviewed, I was finishing, um, going through the leadership program, getting my, right. Getting my doctorate at SLU. And I look back on that and I mean, that was a majority of our doctoral work was, I think the official title was something like how, how to provide guidance to superintendents and principals in the state of Missouri around the areas of social justice. And so, um, you know, even then I remember, you know, when you, when you kind of finish a project, right. That was one of those moments where I never felt like I wasn't done more. Does that make sense? Like, right, I was right. like we're done with the project, but like there, did I really get anything done? I mean, we had findings and we did a survey and, you know, we had recommendations. And so, um, looking back on that, um, and, and actually pulling that back out and, and reflecting back and reading that, um, I, I wonder if, if we would send that same survey out again, 
Right. And then, and then I kind of compare the two responses um, because some of the responses, you know, this was what, eight years ago? Right. Something like that? Eight. Yeah. You know, some of the responses were pretty alarming, right? Like, right. you know, like, oh, uh, you know, it's just common sense or, oh, it's RTI. You know, it, they weren't as explicit and, and um, sort of, are you know, full of the language that we, we might need to express what's going on right. um, or maybe the vulnerability of it in the survey answers. Mm. So, I mean, I guess when you're asking, like, what what do I see? I, I, I really hope that there is more of a direct um, and explicit, um, you know, goal, you know, whether it's um, in policy, whether it's in your district's CSIP strategic plan that is, you know, really detailed on how this work is going to change and cause change from a, a larger systems perspective. Um, you know, in the in the Say Something series this week, uh, I, I think Howard Fields, I think he said it, but um, it was very much like what you know, could could you imagine what change we could create or dismantling racism if we treated that, you know, that task with the the uh, intensity that we are with um, COVID-19? Right. And so that was powerful, right? Because he was right. I mean, look at, look at people coming together or uh, the communication or the analysis and the unknown. So I think that's what's so, um, when you kind of look at things, is, is so interesting to look at the, the unknown of both situations and at the same time. Yeah. So um, moving, so you've been to a couple different schools in your educational career in terms of um, Webster Groves and Parkway and, and uh, Rockwood and Lindbergh. Am I right? Am I got, do I got all of them? Yeah, right. yeah, that's it. Yeah. But 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 each place is a little bit different in terms of the the amount of kiddos, the the socioeconomic status within um, the population, all the dynamic uh, and diversity uh, within the population as well. You know, when you were at at Salvage, I'm going to say we were right between seven seven hundred and fifty kiddos. Probably uh, we have a pretty dynamic population at, at our middle school. But you moved from being an assistant principal in a school that size to becoming a principal of a school that's a little bit bigger than, than yeah. what we are. Talk to me a little bit about the challenges um, that that has brought for you and, and, and uh, open my eyes a little bit to what you have to work through. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to go back to saying like, getting to know families and kids. And I, I, I'm going to just say it, Mike. I mean, you're one of the best out there with knowing kids, knowing families, keeping up with them, like, you know, through high school, beyond. And, and so I learned that, you know, the, the significance of that um, at Selvage, for sure, that family approach. And so that's been a goal of ours. But, you know, when you shift from a building of 700 right. to 1,000, yeah. right? Like we've, it's almost like adding a whole nother grade level for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's yep. salvage. So, um, you know, it's sparing. I think that isn't something you and I have discussed is like, how do we continue that relationship piece um, when the size of your building has increased? But something cool that um, 
I feel like it's very, we do very well is we have something called flyer time. Right. And, um, that is, is a part of the day that's every day. Um, and it's evolved over the years, but it is a group where the teachers, uh, loop with the kids for three years. So it's a six, seven, and eight group, like family group. Uh, and that's been something really cool, even with school closing that we have used so that we said, Hey, contact your flyer time kids. Reach out to those families, get to know them. So, again, it's just, it's not maybe me knowing a thousand families on the level that I'd like to, right. but it's it's helping the school community establish relationships together. Um, yeah. So. Yes. Yeah, so, um, I, I love that series over there trying to figure out. She's what trying she... to chime in. <laughs> um, hey, but. Uh, you know, what are you really enjoying about being a, a building principal now? Uh, you know, it's different than an AP position, right? So so what, what are you really enjoying about being the leader of a school community? Yeah, I mean, I think I still enjoy many of the aspects of the assistant principal role, right? Like it doesn't necessarily go away no, what you did as an assistant. Um, but I mean, first and foremost, I, I'm really loving getting to know families and kids in my own community um, and seeing them uh, thrive in whatever it is that they may do because, like I said, my, you know, my three kids are in the area, so right, right. I'll run into students at a soccer game or at soccer right. park and they're like, Dr. Boger, or, you know, they wave or they're like, oh, you're, you're here? Yeah, right. And then, like, yeah, and then they've gotten to know Charlie and, you know, um, the high school, and I'm sure Charlie would say, oh, Mom, they all know you, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, But, and then just from a, a building-level perspective, and then being in a district that's um, smaller, a little bit in size than Rockwood, but yeah. I really enjoy kind of being... Um, on the front lines a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like being called in to tackle a problem. I like serving on district-level, com- you know, committees, um, you know, being a voice, being heard, um, listening, and kind of coming together from from that way because I do feel like I'm close, closer than an assistant principal role to uh, the, the district level of of decision making and, and trying to bring that building level perspective to conversations. So I really like that. Yeah. So one of the things that um, I, I pulled from uh, the speaker series with Howard was uh, uh, we have to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves, right? Um, as we go through these tough questions that are ahead of us and we're dealing with the stressors of, of the things that we see going on around us in the world today, what, um, how do you how do you uh, take care of yourself? I think um, I'm still pretty routine, you know. Yeah. So, like even during the um, stay at home yeah. kind of stuff, I was still waking up about the same yeah. time. Um, you know, go, checking email, reading, still going through some of those same. How, how could I? keep some consistency there so so recently um what's been hard about i think what i do like to do to take care of myself is you know reach out and and get together with friends or family yeah yeah. and so that has probably been one of the harder parts to this i mean i'll text friends but you know it's just not the energy right isn't um the same um 
you know me and Cardinal Baseball, that's kind yeah. of like yeah, right, my, right. my therapy is going to a Cardinal game and just being, always being like amazed by the sense of community in St. Louis in a Cardinal game right. and, and the history there. But um, so yeah, I've been doing that. And then I do like to try to get, um, get away here and there. So I don't know exactly what that's going to look like right. um, this summer. But um, yeah, travel like, has been yeah, something like, I like. Mm-hmm. Like most of us, we've had to rework all that kind of stuff. You know, it's not, you probably had a vacation planned or, or something that you probably had to either put off or rearrange or, or do differently, right? Yeah, well, um, and actually, we, our vacation was going to revolve around uh, Charlie's experience this summer. He mm. was, um, I don't know if I told you this, probably. Um, he was accepted into a summer camp in New York uh, with the New York Times. That's cool. So he had, yeah, he had to write an application and, uh, you know, finding real life moments for, for Charlie and for all our kids is just, is just huge at this right. age. And right. so he was going to, the class that, the classes that he were, he was take, going to take was um, around sports management. Very good. So he was actually, I know, he's so bummed. But uh, he was going to get to go meet with um, managers of sports programs and, and major league sports and tour stadiums. And then we were going to go up to New York and and meet him at the end there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but, you know, uh, we deferred the right. enrollment. For, <laughs> so we'll right. see. So, so you might yeah. be able to do it next summer or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Maybe. That's good, because I know he is big into that. I remember you showing me different pictures of him along along his journey. Uh, uh, especially, didn't you guys get to meet Shaquille together? I remember that. Yeah, I didn't. He did. He did. Oh yeah, yeah. you were so yeah. bummed because <laughs> he got to. And you That's didn't. right. Yeah. That's right. Well, um, I, yeah, I think all of your kids in that way probably really do enjoy sports, but uh, I think Charlie is probably the most like fan of things. Is that right? He's, um, have you ever seen the movie Moneyball? Oh, yeah. So he, he reminds me of the guy that just knows the stats and oh, looks yeah. at things from a different <laughs> angle. And, yeah, um, so he, and some of that comes from, like, I know kids play video games, so sometimes he knows stats and players from some of those um, video games. But something cool that Lindbergh High School is offering next year is a course um, in its uh, sports broadcast and marketing oh kind of department. And I keep calling it the scoreboard class. I know that's not the title of the class. Right. But um, at Lindbergh High School got a new turf field oh, yeah. and a, a new scoreboard. So a class that Charlie is taking is actually um, how to produce the content for the scoreboard, yeah. which is right, right in his wheelhouse, right? Yeah, right. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. So the other thing, too, is... We talked just a little bit, but um, in terms of having your kids in the same district now as where you work, um, I I know you and I talked a little bit because, I mean, you had to to work with me on my kids uh, coming through Selvage. And, and, uh, you know, I don't think any of us are worse for wear, but I think we had quite a few uh, learning experiences along the way. Um, I will tell you that I am excited about this coming year because it's the first time since I've been a principal that I don't have to worry about being a dad, too, um, at the school. Um, You know, have you how's that been navigating for you? I think it's okay. I mean, you know, I think the people to ask would probably be my kids. Yeah. Um, Yeah, right. 
defense, but, you know, for example, Charlie played soccer last fall, mm-hmm. and I was able to get over to see a game if he had a home game, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas, I don't know, like, I, if in Rockwood, I'd be able to make it to a, right. you know, freshman usually play at four. Right. So, um, so that's been really, really cool. And then, you know, being engaged in your your community and knowing um the the curriculum or knowing the courses like the school board class for example like i heard about that in a meeting i'm like boom let's do it you know like so knowing that um being up to speed on what would be a personalized uh approach for for your kiddo or or reaching out to you know their their counselor their uh, principal and saying hey is this you think this is a good fit i heard about this um so yeah, that I think has been great. Um, Augie at, at elementary school, like I said, he um, they don't they don't do as much of the um, I don't know. Back in the day, it was like the class parties and stuff. Right. I, I don't feel like they do as much of that um, kind of thing. But like I said, I think even for him, they're trying things. His his principal principal at Sappington is one of the most innovative people I've ever met, and um, Keisha Parker, Dr. Parker, and. So they're they're trying something even new next year again. I think they tried it this year too, where they're kind of well, they were planning maybe before the pandemic. So we'll see how it rolls out. But uh, more of a blended class, so yeah. like two teachers in one space in like a larger room, like kind of, they knocked a wall down. Oh wow! So yeah, so I'm like, yes. Yeah, do you think you'd be good for that? So knowing about that, um, those opportunities, I think has been really, really cool. Yeah, it's definitely nice to have a little bit of an inside understanding of what's going on within your school building or what's going on within your district so that you can help your kids the best you can. And you're right. I, I think we need to ask them, how's it going, you know, and, and, and how are they doing with it? Um, you know, like I said, I think both of my boys, so our kids are basically about the same age. Um, you'll have two high schoolers next year, right? Yep. And then, and then Augie is going to be in fifth fifth grade. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so we're a lot alike. I mean, Aurora is going to be in third grade, so she's a little bit younger than, than Augie, but uh, our kids are kind of in the same way. I am excited about having both the the kiddos up at the high school now because scheduling wise, it makes things a little bit easier. Um, Don't have to look at three different calendars anymore. Right, Lauren? Yeah, I know. (laughs) I had three different levels last year. Right. Wasn't that fun? Yep. Yep. Um, So, uh, well, listen, before we get going, I wanted to ask, how's Chris doing? He's doing great. Um, You know, they, uh, he, you know, works in kind of the, the contracting business and, uh, you know, they're, they're doing well, I think so. And, um, he, uh, something interesting that we, we did, uh, that is kind of his new project is, uh, the house we moved into a long time ago. Right. Uh, but had a pool that was buried. So our new, uh, you know, project, all we've been stay at home is to dig it up and see what that's all about. Oh boy. So, <laughs> what kind of treasures are you gonna find there, huh? I know. So we're we're kind of looking at that to see if that is something that we can rehab. But uh, he's doing great. That's fun. Well, tell him I said hello. Uh, you got any uh, big shout outs before we take off? Did you want to say hey to anybody? Well, I mean, if I don't know if you know <laughs> if you broadcast this or send it to Selvage, but 100 percent 
want to shout out to um, my Selvage family and uh, try to keep up with you guys. And, um, you know, Marie Riley, congratulations. Um, if there's ever anybody who is the uh, model example of service to a community and taking care of our kids is one of the first people a building sees, it's Marie Riley. So um, thank you and a shout out to Marie. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. B. Bulldog, I really appreciate you coming on and being a part of this. Well, thanks, Mike. And I guess that that's a wrap. So Mike's off. Hey, you're good. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Join us in the weeks to come as we learn and grow together.